Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another edition of What the Fantasy Podcast. Another week where we had multiple COVID-19 scares, and yet somehow... We played all the games. So here we are again as we head into week number seven. Joined as always by Tom Gozlowski of 104.5 The Team. You can follow Goz at T-O-M-G-O-Z-Z. And then we have Kyle Ray. Give him a follow on Twitter if you want all your Michigan State Spartan news at RayRay8134. Again, this is the What the Fantasy Podcast. Give us a follow at What the underscore Fantasy. Boys, how did we do this weekend? What were the overall records? Not good. Yeah. Well, I've got a lot of frowns. Yeah. One and three. Ugly week. Bad scoring from all my wide receivers. Just it's bad when Kenyon Drake is your high scorer for the week. Kyle, I thought you were in five leagues. With four. Oh, okay. Guys, how'd you do? Leagues. I went all in five. That's incredible. Second time Ooh. I did that this year. Remember, remember back, in, back in week one, I went 0-5 and then followed it up with a 5-0 week. So all my teams are sitting around the same spot, all 3-3 three and three or 2-4. and four. COVID is blasted by teams with Cam Newton, reschedules, and more. Wow. I went 2-1. and one. I thought I had three wins in the bag. Primetime games did not go my way. But uh, I'll take 2-1. and one. Um, Hey, at least – well, I guess – Gaz is kind of following the New York Jets timeline. Uh, at least Kyle and I got some wins. Boys, are the Jets the worst football team you have seen in the last decade? Why decade, Jet? Why, why not Ever? Go further? Ever? Like, okay, we're all around the same age, right? We're all young, 20s, early 30s. Why is this not the worst team in our lifetime as football fans? Like, ever. Because here's the thing. I, I said this to LeVac the other day, and I think it's true, and he, you guys can rip me like he did if you want. For the Cleveland Browns in 2017, they didn't win a game. But in those first seven games of the schedule, if you look at them, there's half, actually more than half, are one-score games and one game they lost in overtime. The 2000, I think it's eight Detroit Lions, they went defeated. Both them and the Browns went undefeated in the preseason. Now, someone said, guys, preseason doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? I watched that team take the field to win a football game. They want four of them. I've never seen the 2020 Jets win a game. They're horrible. Their best players are gone. They're playing with a backup quarterback. It's the worst team in our lifetime. Now, they could get better for the rest of the year, but after six weeks, it's the worst NFL team I've ever seen in 30 years. That's the thing, though. Can they get better? <laughs> like you nope. said, they keep shipping off their best players. What are you looking for? Yeah, maybe Sam Darnold comes back. Maybe. Like – but this I, I becoming all time bad. I also think we had this conversation too. It's like, dude, do, do the Jets even look at trading Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold because you don't know what you got in him. Can you get a a second round pick out of Sam? Maybe with some. And, and then you're looking at if you go zero and sixteen, can you really pass up on Trevor Lawrence? Exactly, you can't. 
Trevor Lawrence is a is a dime. All right, boys. Does Adam Gase survive the season? I don't see yes. how he does. Well, we, have, but, we, have to, we have a no. No, mine, mine's more of a but, though. It's just like everything you see is everybody's saying Gase is safe. You know, they understand what Gase has. It's just like, but how? How does he survive? Right. Like after, I mean, it's 1140 on a Tuesday. If he, we haven't heard news that he's been fired yet. It can't get much worse than getting shut out by the Dolphins 24 nothing. So if he hasn't been fired yet, I, I guess they're going to wait till the end of the season. I, was, I think I tweeted this. Maybe I didn't because I don't like to be too salty on Twitter. But I'm already pissed off that he's going to get an OC position somewhere. Because mm-hmm. that's just how the NFL works, right? Like – People are still going to cling to the fact that he, he meshed well with Peyton Manning. I could have been a good offensive coordinator for Peyton Manning. <laughs> like you're, you're essentially just his therapist. All you have to be is like, all right, Peyton, like, what do you, uh, you want to do here? You want to you throw some <laughs> touchdowns? Yeah, I love that idea. Let's do that. Like, come on. And, I, and again, I'm already upset, and it hasn't happened yet. But we've seen it so many freaking times that guys can completely blow up a franchise as a head coach. And then some other team, because they're all buddy buddies, like, all right, yeah, come be our quarterback coach. Then you'll be the OC next year. Like, ugh, it's going to happen. And I don't want to, like, like, I'm not sitting here being like, I hope Adam Gase never gets a job in his life again. I'm not saying that. But those are some of the most coveted positions out there. I mean, there's only 32 OCs in the, in the, in the country, right? And the NFL. And I know he's going to get one, and it's already pissing me off. Um, but from the last time we did our podcast, Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Le'Veon had not signed yet. We had rumors, right? Rumors, yes. So now we know Le'Veon Bell uh, is going for that ring, teaming up with the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, some massive fantasy implications, uh, namely for Clyde Edwards Elaire. Yeah, Joe Buck, it's Elaire, not Hilaire. Nice. Or, or if you're Gardner <laughs> Royce, it's not Carlos Elaire. Um, <laughs> So what do we think? We're not going to see Le'Veon until the week after week seven, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. He still has to go through the COVID-19 protocols. So we likely won't see him uh, until week eight. What do we think? What do we, what do we see for Le'Veon Bell when he, when he suits up for the Chiefs? And, and what kind of production fallout do we see for Clyde edwards Elair? I'm fascinated by this because against Kyle's Bills the other night, I know he had a good rushing game. It didn't feel like it. Like I, it didn't feel like he had these huge bursts and like you're gonna see all these runs on YouTube or Twitter. Like, it just kind of seemed like the old expression, "Death by a thousand cuts," where it was just wind it and wind it and get chunks and get chunks. That's where I think Le'Veon Bell can have success in the Chiefs' offense because it's other times it's about speed with Hill. Other times it's about physical matchups like Kelsey. If Bell's back there, and we know his style, one of the most frustrating styles to run, where he kind of sits behind the lineman. He doesn't hit the hole hard like coaches used to say. He kind of hides and then runs. I think it's going to work out well. I think the combination of these two, it's rare in fantasy you do this. But if you had Bell and Hilaire both on your roster right now, I would be okay with you doubling up on running backs. Why not start both some weeks? Because I think you could get enough points in comparison to other running backs in the league. Yeah, and I think we brought it up a couple times, too, with how much we ex- expected uh, Elaire to catch the ball. Um, so do they now more use Elaire to, to, as, as the pass down? Um, I expect Le'Veon at some point to, to, be a, to be the guy there, the 
first and second down back for sure. Maybe on passing downs, you get Elaire in there. I mean, they they did a little segment uh, last night where they were talking, where the OC was talking to Elaire, and he said, hey, control it, you can control. So I feel like something like that is essentially alluding to Le'Veon is going to be taking the snaps. Um, but at the same time, have we heard contract detail on it? Is it just a one-year quick pit stop and then you look elsewhere? I mean, yeah, I believe it's a one-year, one mil, but I think it's it's incentive based. Gotcha. Not, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can you can earn another mil for production uh, based on his production. Gotcha. So yeah, this actually goes into let's do a little segment here, a little MFK, Mary farewell which means you're gonna you're gonna trade this guy or you're just gonna straight up kill him you're gonna cut him from your team you're done you're moving on uh so let's start with the chiefs running backs if you are if you have clyde edwards elair coming off a career high 161 rushing yards against the bills uh, had a touchdown called back because of a ghost holding call um are what are you doing if you have clyde edwards elair right now are you holding strong you're married to him are you trying to trade I, I, I'm not even going to give you the option to kill. You're not going to kill him at this point. Uh, so what do you guys think? What, what would you do if you had Elair and you did not have Le'Veon Bell on your bench? Hang on to him. Hold him. Keep him. Do all this. Because, like, right now the running back position, who's going to get you the numbers he's going to get you? It's not like it's a very deep running back field, it feels like, right now. Keep him. Because why can't he finish still top eight or top six? Man, the way running backs have been injured this year, Elair's got a huge upside. Don't touch him. Keep them, keep them, don't move them. Yeah, I agree. And the other thing you have to remember is um, Le'Veon's hammies and ankles are one step away from being blown out. So I think he's a great – if you even want to call him a handcuff, um, I definitely think that's what it's going to be because Le'Veon's not going to have that ability with this offensive line to dance in the back and then wait. The holes open up there. Um, it's not a long, drawn-out process there. So I think they're going to have to have Le'Veon going through. So the injuries also, I think, plays a factor. But keep him 100%. You don't get rid of him. Okay, I'm, I'm going to play hypothetical or devil's advocate because I would actually lean towards fielding some trade offers. Wow. Would you trade Elair? So you'd be the one receiving this player, okay? Would you do a deal for Jonathan Taylor? No. Kyle's thinking. I think you'd do it just because there's, you know that that's the guy. There's no um, competition, right? Like it's it, Naheem Hines, but Naheem Hines ain't Le'Veon Bell. Right, and you know what you're getting out of Taylor. You're gonna get you're gonna get a guy who's gonna get 15 carries a game. He's getting some catches out of the backfield. So yeah, I, I would I'd, I'd take that trade. Would you trade Edwards Elayer for James Conner? In a heartbeat. Whoa. See, here's the thing. I feel like the last two you gave me are very similar because Taylor and Conner both had good games this week, right? Yes. Conner had a really good game against Cleveland. Taylor had a really good game. The reason I go no for both of those is we may. I actually would have flipped it. I probably would have traded Taylor or Connor because I feel like those are the best games they might have this year. And Helaire might have better games this year. So I'd say no to both. See, but like, I think kind of similarly, you know, with the, at Clyde Edwards Helaire, coming off a career rushing game where he, he didn't get that touchdown, um, you know, his stock is probably just as high right now, right? He, he played really well uh, against Buffalo. This one's interesting. What about CEH for Kenyon Drake? Ugh. Ooh, right. I had the same response, Kyle. <laughs> I don't think you do it. I mean, Kenyon Drake's way too up and down. You have Edmonds still in the backfield. We all agree. I think Edmonds is the better all-around back. I don't think you do. I think you keep it Edwards Hilaire. Drake might have to be nicknamed Donut Drake in a second. I feel like you're likely to get some zeros 
or less than fives with Drake. Yep. That's how bad he's been. What about Edward Z. Lair, <clears throat> Ronald Jones? It de- I would say that, that would depend on your situation at running back. I think if you have two more running backs that you have, oh, yeah, take it for sure. If you don't, I think you hang on to Alaire because we still don't know what that situation – like, we all want to lead towards uh, Rojo taking those snaps, but what happens when Fournette's healthy? Does – is Fournette I, – I don't know. So, I think it depends on your running back situation on that. So, basically, <clears throat> what we just decided is Clyde edwards Lair is now an RB2. Well, that's where he, I mean, he ranks running back 11 right now because he hasn't had the touchdowns. Um, he's not going to go up, obviously, with Le'Veon Bell. So he's kind of stuck in that RB2, maybe drops down to a flex once Bell gets there. Um, I would explore. I would explore the trades because, like Kyle said it pretty well, if you can get a running back in return that you know is the guy, a Jonathan Taylor, a James Conner, I'd be in favor of that because – and now we're going to go into the next part. Where same thing, MFK with Le'Veon Bell. His stock actually might be the highest before he plays, right? Because people want weapons on the Chiefs because they score a lot, and there's a guy named Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. So if you have Le'Veon Bell, I mean, he has given you literally nothing, and you probably drafted him, what, fifth round, maybe fourth, sixth in that range. Are you riding it out? Because you hope he gives you RB2 production when he finally suits up? Or are you looking at it as, you know what? Edward Zelaer is pretty freaking good. He was their first-round pick. He's going to have a role. Maybe I trade Bell before he even takes the field because this might be the highest his stock will be. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> You're going right? eh to an eh. Here's the thing with Bell. I was very surprised by this. Le'Veon Bell, last, week, last weekend on Yahoo Sports, was one of the top five added players. So that means a lot of fantasy football players, actually when Bell got cut, they cut him. It was close to 20,000 managers, right? I couldn't believe the number of people that cut him. It was a couple defenses, and Bell was the second skill guy left. So there are some people who already gave up on him. If he's sitting on your waiver wire, I would guess it's less than 25% of leagues for sure. But go get him. As we're trading him, I wouldn't want to trade him yet because I kind of want to see. Like, here's the amazing part about it. You may have drafted Le'Veon Bell as a Jet, and you thought you'd get good production. And if you stood, with, you know, stay with him, you actually could potentially get better production out of him as a Chief than you would as a Jet. I think that's a pretty fair statement. So why give up on somebody you drafted on draft day when he actually might be better now than when you drafted him back in August? So I'd roll with him. I would probably trade again. I, I, Kyle knows because he's played and leads me for a while. I love trades. Sometimes it blows up in your face. You don't know. That's what makes it, you know, fun, if you want to call it that. I would explore because I think people are expecting big things, and we honestly, we don't know. Could he take over the majority of the snaps? Sure, he could. Do we know if he's actually still good? No, we don't. Sure, he was on the Jets. No one really does well on the Jets, except for maybe Jamison Crowder. Um, But we didn't see any of the the Le'Veon Bell – from 2017 when he was one of the best running backs in the league. So maybe he's washed. Maybe he's not going to give you a lot of production. And then once that happens, so here's what's going to happen, right? He's not going to play this week. He might play the week after. I don't think they go on by that week. I'm going to double check it real quick. The bye week for them is week 10. So realistically, oh my gosh, realistically his first game is going to be against the Jets. 
<laughs> That's right. That's going to be fantastic. But let's say he has a slow uh, involvement in the offense at first. You're not going to be able to trade him. The second that he plays a mediocre game or he only gets a few touches, now you can't trade him and now you are stuck. So this might be your best window, especially as now we're already at the halfway point of the season and your leagues might have trade deadlines and stuff like that. This could be your only chance. So I would just say explore. See, you know, check out the teams that maybe have a need. Maybe even your better bet is going after teams who are doing really well. So teams that are pretty stacked and they're like, you know, maybe they would want Le'Veon Bell for a playoff run. If you can get something in return for Le'Veon, this might be your only chance to do it. So I would just say explore your options. Uh, I would lean towards farewell because there's just too many question marks around what his role will be, what it will look like, when we'll see it. Because, again, it's going to be a slow you know, involvement in the offense. And there's a guy who's also pretty good there. So that's, that's why I'll go with that. Uh, let's do one more running back. And this one's, I think, all three categories of marry, farewell, or kill. Uh, Devin Singletary for the Buffalo Bills. Another running back you probably had some high hopes for. He's running back 29, which, not to pour some salt in the wound, Kyle, you said he was going to be RB10 this year. Yep, I did. Yeah. 100%. Not going well. the, The thing with Singletary is, and that offensive line cannot run block. You saw it last night. The Chiefs give up. I think it was, that was like 144 yards per game on the ground. And there was zero push from that offensive line. It's been that way this entire year. I mean, I know the first four games of the year, the Bills went super pass heavy. Um, but they have yet to be able to establish the run. And I feel like for the Bills, it's going to have to be flip-flop. In order to establish the run game, you need to let loose on the pass. But Devin Singletary still shows his bursts, which makes me want to continue to keep him. Um, he still is breaking the first tackle every time. Like, nobody can get him down on that first tackle. He had a crazy spin move out of a tackle on, uh, against Tennessee um, that made me go, whoa. But, I mean, it's so frustrating. I say you keep him just because I still think there's upside but in order for there to be upside, that Buffalo offensive line has to figure it out how to run block for Singletary. How frustrated were you last night, Kyle, watching the Chiefs run all over on a sloppy, wet field? Obviously, both quarterbacks could not do everything we normally see. Chiefs ran everywhere, and the Bills were just spinning in the mud. Like, 10 carries for 32 yards? Yeah. It, a lot of it, too, was was – from what I'm seeing is that was the game plan was let the Chiefs run the ball and try to uh, shorten the game, which obviously worked. Pat Mahomes only had two touchdowns and 225 yards. But what killed the Bills was <clears throat> the inability to establish the run. They literally – and you saw it on that last touchdown drive that everyone goes, oh, this could get interesting when they, when they only were down six. They slung the ball around like, like we saw them do. But if the Bills were able to establish the run game early on, I think it would have opened things up. But, yeah, unreal frustrating. Um, the more I, more I look into it, the more that sounds like what the defensive game plan was. So don't get by the Bills' defense. Stay away from it. Um, but, yeah, it was frustrating, to say nicely. Dump them. Get rid of them. The Singletary thing, it feels like he was in the right place at the right time for the Bills in 2019. I remember I went to camp, and all the Bills fans were going nuts about Singletary. I'm like, I, I – I get it's one day in camp and it just could have been a bad practice. Like, I don't get the hype around this guy. He was good, okay, for fantasy owners, fantasy managers last year. I wonder what happens when Moss gets healthy. 
Like, can he get healthy enough to actually take some carries away and be a real part of that offense? Does Buffalo look towards 2021's draft or free agency? Because, look, Buffalo got Diggs, and Diggs has been a huge part of that offense, and it worked. I don't know what Singletary's future is for fantasy owners. Yeah, I think it's time to move on. Well, that's- yeah, I don't think you have any potential to trade because who's going to want him? So it's either – you probably have to bench him at this point. Hopefully you have a better option. Um, I, don't think you, I don't think you cut him just because of what the position is. You know, there's not – you're not going to find anything better on the waiver wire unless – and I guess we'll touch on this a little later, you know, Boston Scott – Jarek McKinnon. Those are temporary solutions as the you know lead running backs are injured, but I think you just got to stash them on, on the bench. Hopefully they figure it out. Like Gaz mentioned, now that Zach Moss is back, he is going to take away carries. We saw him have some great power runs. Where that worries me even more is you know, Zach Moss going to become the goal line guy. That was kind of the preseason expectation. The bigger, you know, bulkier back. So yeah, you're probably stuck. I would probably put him on the bench. I wouldn't cut him. You can't trade him. Hopefully he figures it out. Play the matchups, you know. If, if you play a defense that's horrendous against the run, go for it. Um, but if you're playing a stout defense, you probably have to this point. If you haven't already, yeah, put him on the bench. Um, let's throw in a wide receiver. Nope, just kidding. Let's go quarterback. What are you doing with Lamar Jackson? You finally had a – a breakout game because he had that big touchdown run. Currently QB7. This is a guy that last year was you know, MVP for fantasy football, MVP for, for real football as well. Um, has it thrown for more than 200 yards in four consecutive weeks? He's a runner, right? Like that's where – when it comes to fantasy football, you're hoping he can break off 50-yard runs for touchdowns. Are you trying to trade Lamar Jackson after a pretty good week where he had 28 points? Are you sticking with him because he's still pretty awesome when it comes to fantasy football? Obviously, you're not going to cut him. But where do you guys where do you guys land with Lamar if you have him in fantasy football? And I don't know if I'm just Mr. Anti-Trade here today or what, but Dak Prescott's one of the highest-scoring quarterbacks. He gets hurt. Mahomes the other night was not Mahomes. He's giving the ball off, running the ball a lot. I get Matt Ryan lit it up and had a huge game. I get Phillip Rivers for the longevity, finally had an okay game. If you're telling me I'm dumping a top five quarterback, I have to be in desperate need for a quarterback, or excuse me, desperate need for a running back, wide receiver, or tight end. If I have depth at my quarterback position, then maybe you consider Lamar Jackson. But if you just flat out need points to win games, I can't move Lamar Jackson because he is another guy who's going to be a top scorer for the rest of the year because I don't know what the other quarterbacks are going to put up. Unless you're in super desperate need and you're like two and four and have no skill guys and have a good enough quarterback on your bench, maybe. But besides that, I don't know if I could ever move him. I thought – I think God's put up the perfect point. It depends on if you have that secondary quarterback on your bench. If you got lucky with like a Justin Herbert or Cam Newton, oh, dude, I would unload him. In Ryan, Ryan Tannehill? Yep, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. That, 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 going off that point, Kyle, because Herbert was the perfect example I thought of, there's a chance you did get that quarterback depth because there were those guys that you either went undrafted or were late rounders, the rookies, Herbert, Burrow, Tannehill. Like those are guys, God said it perfectly. If you're struggling and you have Lamar and you were hoping that he was going to be a 30-point scorer every single week, this would be a good week to check it out. 
if you're struggling, you need to make a splash. He just had a big game where people he reminded everybody of how talented he is. Consider it. And continue with your point, Kyle. The, the Herbert was the perfect name that popped in my head. That that's a very realistic situation that you could have Lamar and Herbert. Yeah, that 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 was it, really. It's just like if you if it's that if it's that situation where it fits, great. Try to get a, a low tier RB one out of it because somebody might have um, went in on a lower lower end quarterback. But yeah, I mean, if you can if you can get some a player like that and you have a Herbert or somebody on the bench, do it for sure. Especially because Herbert just finishes bye week, so he's good for the rest of the year. So you're good to go from there. Right. Same with Tannehill. Tannehill already had his fourth bye week, so now you have him yep. the rest of the season as well. All right, last one for the MFK. Uh, how about Fulgham, who's become a thing for the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, really touching on it quick. It's kind of funny how this works. Where I love when we we talk about waiver wire ads, and all three of us were in agreement that we love Chase Claypool and Travis Fulgham needed to be picked up as well, and both delivered 16 plus points in half point PPR for both of them. Fulgham had six for 75 in receiving touchdown. Claypool four for 74 in a rushing touchdown. Uh, for this game, we're just going to do Fulgham. Are you, are you riding out Fulgham? Because now Zach Ertz is hurt, and there's still limited options for Carson Wentz to throw to. Miles Sanders will be playing this Thursday against the Giants, so another pass catcher is missing in that offense. Or are you saying the stock is high, get rid of him, cash in now, and trade away Fulgham? I think you have to trade him, and I kind of talked to you earlier about this. Sell him while you can. Um, because you got Rieger, you got Jackson, you got Jeffries coming back. Still, I think it's I think we're one or two weeks out away from that. But I I am on the field of selling him, trying to sell him high. I've been trying to get some trades out of there, get a low end running back one. I may have thrown out a really bad trade that hopefully would have went in my favor. It didn't. But um, I'm I'm on board of selling him high. And if you can't, you can't. That that sucks. Hopefully, it was a good ad for three weeks. I agree. I look at the same thing on this. Now, think back to 2017. I know his career is taking a lot of different bumps, but Nelson Aguilar was actually a pretty good fantasy wide receiver in that stretch run back in 2017. He actually might have helped some fantasy football owners win championships. That's an eagle wide receiver. Can Fulgham have that type of longevity where he can go 10 weeks to help you win playoff games and get you into the playoffs? That's hard for me to believe. I keep thinking about this guy, and maybe this is too much of a credit to Fulgham already. Remember DeMarco Murray back in 2014 when he was having a really good year, and people were talking about him for the MVP, and everyone's like, trade him, because DeMarco Murray had been so often injured. And it's like, DeMarco Murray's the NFL's leading rusher right now. Why am I rolling with Murray? And he finished it off. Hey, if Fulgham ends up being a superstar and you lose and someone else wins, I think you shrug your shoulders and you're like, okay. Like a guy we've never heard of three months ago became a star fantasy wide receiver, I would trade him because history tells me it's more likely to go the opposite way than in the positive way. I think he's a perfect example of a guy you would try to couple with somebody else in a trade. So like Kyle said, you're trying to, you're trying to get uh, maybe a low-end RB1. Find a way to sit, you know, put Fulgham with one of your lower running backs to so do a two-for-one because he does have some value. So you find one of those teams that's struggling and needs help at both positions. Maybe they're willing to, and Kyle tried doing it, you know, Fulgham and Drake for Aaron Jones. Is that going to happen? Probably not. But if a team is desperate and needs help at both positions, who knows? Maybe you could pull off a trade like that. Now you have a solid RB1 uh, moving forward. That's how I'm going back as well.
Uh, real quick, before we take our first break, uh, I mentioned it earlier, much quieter week, for, in my opinion, on the waiver wire. Mm. Um, there were two injuries that are going to affect a lot of people, and that's the injury to Miles Sanders, where it looks like he's going to be out for his Thursday night game against the Giants. So you look at Boston Scott. Uh, I feel like if, you're on, if you have a team on a bye week or you're hurting at running back, go for it, right? Like, I mean, that Giants defense isn't that scary. You imagine Carson Wentz is going to dump it off to Boston Scott at least five times. You, you guys like that for a one-week play, picking up a guy like Boston Scott? Yeah. Why not? With all those injuries there, if he can get you some points, Thursday night football can be really weird sometimes. It's a random people score. Yeah. You should okay, be fresh, well. right? You should be fresh. Yeah. Why not? I don't think so. Just looking at what he did to start the year. He, uh, he put up a dud in the first game of the year. Um, I, I said it all year. I'm the only one I think that's worth anything in that Eagles offense consistently right now is Miles Sanders. Um, Fulgham obviously is doing great right now, but I just, I can't trust anything on that Eagles offense with how many injuries and everything they have going on. Guys, do you, do you smell that guys? What's that? Okay. I think I smell a beer bat. Oh, so right now, Boston Scott is projected at 11.3 in half-point PPR. I'm taking the over, baby. We got a beer bet, Kyle? Yep, I'll take the under. You're going to owe me a beer. All right, so we have another beer bet. I got to start writing these down. The one, I mean, most of our beer bets have already been demolished. I'm not buying <laughs> Kyle a beer after Saquon tore his ACL. Because Zeke, I mean, Zeke has sucked. Yeah. Compared to what we thought he was going to be. It's been one of his worst fantasy years. That's probably been his, his worst fantasy start in his career, right? Eight, eight points. Oof. And two fumbles? Oof. Yep. I think he's I'm, not saying, I'm not saying just, just last night. I'm saying, like, this is his worst stretch of, you know, start yeah. to a season in fantasy, even when he was, you know, he was suspended that one year. Um, and then, yeah, and Gaz has picked CMC. So, yeah. Yeah. Gaz and I are cursed. The other one that we had is also cursed. Because I did Chris Godwin versus Mike Evans, and Godwin's missed what? He was finally back this week, but he missed three or four weeks. So Evans hasn't been much better. He put up a donut. I know. One point five points. Hooray! If I was to stay healthy, I'd feel much better about it. All right, one more waiver wire ad that I have, and you guys have some more. Um, if someone let go of Jarek McKinnon with the return of Raheem Mostert, uh, do we like McKinnon? For a temporary – I think I saw that Mostert's going on IR. So you're going to get at least four weeks where Jarek McKinnon can once again become fantasy relevant. Love it. This is one of my favorite ones of the podcast so far. Love it. McKinnon's been good. You know, the problem – I always say this about players getting injured, and there are some – I think we talked about this in our preseason podcast. There are some managers who will never touch a guy who got injured before because they don't know. The, the uncertainty pops up. When McKinnon's been healthy, he's been really good. Remember, McKinnon was probably – boy, I want to say 2018. A fifth or sixth round draft pick people were talking about before he got injured again. Yes, I'm actually going after McKinnon in some leagues. I need some help, and I think he can be the guy to help. Right, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle agrees. I like it. Um, all right, let's take our first time out on What the Fantasy Podcast. When we come back, Goss is going to bring back Real or Mirage. We'll be right back. Wrapping up this edition of What the Fantasy Podcast. Give us a follow at What the Underscore Fantasy. Tom Gaslowski, Kyle Ray. One of my favorite segments that we've stolen from 104.5 The Team. Real or Mirage? Gaz, what do you got for us this week? 
I got a tough one out of the gates for you guys. It involves the AFC East. We have the news now. Tua Tungaviola will be the new starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Real Mirage. Total points we're talking here. Just points overall. For the final seven weeks of the regular season, or eight weeks, whatever it is, we go to week 14's most playoffs, Real Mirage, Tua, will be the highest scoring fantasy player in the AFC East. Real Mirage. Mirage. I said that really. I said that really fast. I'm saying Mirage. Mirage. Uh, I still like Josh Allen and Cam Newton to score more than Tua. I think. I think there's going to be some growing pains for Tua. Uh, Fitzy's been great. Don't get me wrong, and that's why I was kind of surprised by the announcement. I know they're going into their bye week. Tua got his first playing action in some garbage time. Completed a couple passes. Um, I, so part of me feels bad that it's already over for Fitzy because he played so well. I think, I mean, like entering this week, I, I imagine it probably didn't go down that much. He was like top 10 in every major passing category, including QBR, quarterback rating, or uh, passer rating, I mean, uh, yard. He was, he was up there in a lot of those categories, playing some of the you know, best mistake free football that we've seen from Fitzpatrick. Um, but yeah, so now it's the time for Tua to take over and show us what he can do. But it's not an offense that blows you away, right? Like, I mean, Devontae Parker's good. Preston Williams has become more consistent as a, as a deep threat. But, you know, I think there's a ceiling for that offense. I don't see them putting up 30, 35 points a game. Tua's going to have some growing pains. There's some tough defenses in that, in that division. I mean, yeah, they get to play the Jets again. I think they've only played the Jets once. Um, but no, no, I still prefer Josh Allen, even though he's had a couple of rough games. Last night was more of the elements than anything that Josh did. Um, so I'll take Josh. I think Cam Newton will bounce back because he gives you more of the rushing ability. So no. Long answer, no. I'll say this. I also thought the answer was going to be Josh Allen and Cam Newton. I'll say this about these two. I, I feel like it's a mirage, but it's a lot closer to real than I think, and that's why it's been a little bit more difficult because – the Bills do have a bye week in week uh, – I believe the Bills still have one bye week left. It's week 11. Yeah, the Bills have a bye week left. So that whole week, of course, is going to be a donut for Allen. Can't play. Now, Cam Newton and COVID and everything else for the Patriots, that whole schedule is a mess. And they play some really good defenses. I'm mirage, but I'm telling you, I think it's going to be within 25 points. I don't think it's going to be a blowout for Newton or Allen. So I think two is going to be close for the rest of the season, but still a mirage. Next one, Real or Mirage. Are we giving up on Andy Dalton after one week? Oh, real. Uh, I think that was the perfect opportunity for Dalton to shine against that Arizona defense. And, yeah, it didn't happen. I think that there's a lot of wonders there, too, because that running game didn't look good. And now what's the injury update on Zach Martin? So, I think there is a lot going on there. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that was a quick week of saying Andy Dalton could be a savior. But, yeah, just after that game, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to lean towards real as well. I don't like recency bias where you immediately give up or on the flip side you buy in on someone just because of one performance. But I think Kyle brings up a great point. That offensive line is, is in shambles. Like you already lost Smith on the left side. Now Martin's banged up. I don't think they have a starting rookie center. So the protection's not going to be great for a quarterback who can't really make something out of nothing. 
I'm not saying he's a, he's a dud back there, but you wouldn't really consider Andy Dalton to be mobile by any stretch of the imagination. I still love the weapons, like, you know, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. I mean, that's some of the best – that's one of the best trios in football. But if you, if you already spent a waiver wire ad on him, just put him on the bench for a while. Like, maybe it'll get better. You know, maybe you'll have some favorable matchups where you'll feel comfortable. But he's definitely – he should not belong in any starting lineup unless you're in a two quarterback league and you have to, but otherwise he belongs on the bench or you, you might even have to cut him depending on if you have bye weeks coming up, something like that. Real. We're all the same. Okay. One week. I love Chet's answer. I love Kyle's answer. Like how did we get this all so wrong so fast? He stinks. He, the, the Cowboys should be one of the worst teams in the NFL if they don't recover those onside kicks against Atlanta. And we'd be talking about the Cowboys as potentially in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. And who knows? Maybe Jerry Jones will just give someone a boatload of picks to get Trevor Lawrence. So let's not cross off Lawrence potentially being a Cowboy quite yet. One of the, Our, best, yeah, go ahead. One of the last uh, best tweets I saw last night was uh, pay Dak. You know, Dak just made a lot of money last night because Jerry mm-hmm. Jones was watching that game at Jerry World. And you just saw how horrendous that offense was just without Dak. Like, you got to pay him now. And I'm not one of those. If I'm a GM, I don't overpay for a quarterback. Just I know how valuable the position is. I get it. You can't handcuff your entire team just because you put all your money at your quarterback. But I agree with that tweet. Dak made a lot of money last night just by how bad that offense is. They're going to have to pay him. He's their future. And it just goes to show everyone, I mean, everyone thought Andy Dalton was one of the best offseason signings because he's one of the best backups in the league. Clearly not. There's a significant drop off without Dak. Real Mirage through halfway, about halfway through the fantasy football season. Kyler Murray is the fantasy football MVP. Go ahead, Chet. <laughs> guys i wish you were involved in this text message last i think it was text message maybe it was on our version in- comms uh because we had a, we had a buddy who needed like i think it was 17 points for kyler and it was a rough you know he, he had a lot of incompletions early targeting deandre hopkins and kyle said no shot you know he's playing horrendous and i was like dude and it almost came up exactly the way i predicted i was like kyler murray's a guy who can get you 15 points in a single drive and it's not because of his arm, it's because of his legs. The guy has the ability, similar to Lamar Jackson, to rip off 30-yard touchdown runs. His little feet run so fast, his little legs, he can scurry around. Do I think he is the MVP for fantasy? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say Mirage because it didn't come out of nowhere. He was probably top five quarterbacks taken, top six, right? So it's not a, a huge shock that he's been playing so well. Uh, so I'm going to say it's a mirage. I do not think that he is the MVP. I do love him in fantasy. He's one of those guys, you look at last night's box score, and it was not pretty. He completed, what, like 40%? Nine passes. He completed nine passes. But he had an awesome fantasy week because of what he can do with his legs. So he's one of those, he can have great fantasy weeks and bad normal football weeks. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say it's a mirage for MVP, but I do like what Kyler can do uh, in fantasy. I agree. It's a mirage, and I don't know what the heck I was thinking. I guess I, after even saying that those guys were going to combine for 100 points against that uh, that defense, 
Didn't realize who they were playing, I guess, Kyle, you idiot. Uh, but, no, I definitely don't think he's the MVP quite yet. I think we still have a lot of season to go. Um, and I, that Arizona team just puzzles me a little bit. I, I don't understand how they're foreign. I believe they're foreign to now. Um, their defense is bad. They lost a bunch of players on the defense. They have no running game besides Kyler Murray's legs. I don't know. I I haven't watched enough, I guess, of the Arizona Cardinals, more just fantasy watching from the Kenyon Drake standpoint. Um, but I, th- I think we've got other players that can have, have been a bigger impact than Kyler has for where he was drafted at his position. I'm going to say the MVP is the real MVP. I think it's Russell Wilson. He's, he had the money, but he's averaging 29 points. I mean, it varies from league to league. Uh, in our league, he is averaging the most points at the quarterback position. I think he's the real MVP and currently the fantasy MVP as well. Similar draft spot to where Kyler went. So I think uh, I'd give the nod to Russell. Yeah, the big difference for Kyler Murray, six rushing touchdowns this season. That's why his points are so high. I'll say this. See, Wilson, Josh Allen, Derrick Henry should now be in the conversation for NFL MVP. I'll say yes, real, for Kyler Murray through the MVP halfway through the season, just because of this. Kind of you guys both said this, where if you drafted Mahomes or Wilson or McCaffrey or Barkley, those guys are expected to be your best. Sure, Kyler Murray was a high draft pick, but, you know, just rip through names. Mahomes, Wilson, Jackson, Watson. So did Murray go fifth? Did he go sixth behind Rodgers? Where did he go in your league? If you're telling you got the number one score in your league and he was your sixth quarterback and potentially a fourth or fifth round pick, that's some value. That is the most valuable in fantasy. Two different discussions there. I would go Kyler Murray real as so far the fantasy football MVP. Chet, this one's especially for you. And Kyle, you could definitely obviously hop in on this one. But real Mirage, you no longer hate Joe Mixon in fantasy football. <laughs> no, I still do. <laughs> I still do. Because well, that's why I just hate the Bengals. It's not so much that I hate Joe Mixon. I just hate that he doesn't have holes to run through. I think the talent's all there. And, but he's just so frustrating from week to week. Yeah, he had that amazing three-touchdown performance last week. But then he goes right back. I mean, what did he do this past week? How many points? Does anybody have it in front of him? Uh, I think it was 14. I'll double-check for you. I believe it was 14. 14 points. Yeah, it's just because he is a guy yeah. that should be – oh, my God, it's amazing that he ranks at nine. Oh, that three touchdown game was two weeks ago. God, time flies. Um, but that is three weeks in a row where he's been in double digits. Um, so you're probably happy with, with that, I guess. But he's a guy, again, that was so confused that he got drafted, you know, in the first round or early in the second. And I thought that was way too high for a guy that still has a very questionable offensive line. Joe Burrow's been great. So that's going to give him some more scoring opportunities than in years past. But – Still, so was it? What was the question? Is it so? I'm just gonna go real. Do you hate him? Do you hate him, Chet? I do. I do. I do hate Joe Mixon. Uh, I have. I also have no affiliation with Joe Mixon, but I also hate him because I feel like every darn time I play him, he goes off. So yeah, I played against him that week too, where he had the three touchdowns. Yep. I, three I went for against- three. I did as well. We all played against him the same week. Incredible. The bull. All right, last one here for Real and Mirage in fantasy football. Real and Mirage, this kind of goes to the draft next year and a little bit to the draft a few months ago. Rookie wide receivers 
are the best bargain in fantasy football drafts. So when you draft a rookie wide receiver, it can be the biggest benefit or bust, boom, bust, benefit, however you want to describe it. Really Mirage, rookie wide receivers in the draft are the best. Because a lot of times, obviously we had some big uh, standouts this year with the, how the draft went with like CeeDee Lamb, um, Judy, Ruger. Those guys went pretty high, I feel like, for rookies. But if you look like teams like – like people like Justin Jefferson, who I think went in a lot of times seventh, eighth round. Look oh, what he's later. Oh, he was even later. Yeah. Which, uh, been... who, was, who was my guy that I claimed was going to be the uh, sleeper of the year? Was it Jefferson? It was Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I, I definitely think it's real, especially in, keep, in, in dynasty leagues. You, I think every year you got to find one of those rookies that are saying like, hey, he could be – I think a really good one this year – for future outlook is going to be somebody like Gabriel Davis. When you have John Brown and Cole Beasley's contracts coming up, I think next year, I think they were both three-year deals. Gabriel Davis has made an impact already with both those guys off the field. And he wasn't drafted in half these leagues. Justin Jefferson. You've also got um, the kid out of, I'm already blanking on this. He, I can't remember. Chase Claypool from the Yes, Claypool. Holy crap. Claypool. Um, <laughs> holy. But, I, I agree. I think that's 100% real because you're going to spend a late pick on him, a 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th rounder. And if you pick Claypool up there, guess what? You're sitting pretty with a with an easy wide receiver one right now based off his last three weeks. I'm going to say 100% real because that's the latest you're ever going to get those guys. Like now yep. they're already established. So Dynasty is one separate thing. You obviously are looking for rookies and trying to – I mean, they go way earlier – than any other draft. Like, I think we saw Jonathan Taylor go in, like, the third round. And then you bring up an example, DK Metcalf last year. Like, it happens every single year where there are rookies, you know, whether it was Calvin Ridley, his rookie year, where he had some huge games. This year, obviously, it's probably the most that we've seen in a long time, where there's rookies all over the place who are having huge games. And so, like, late in your draft, if you have a choice between a veteran, like, perfect example, people who draft – Larry Fitzgerald in the 12th, or you could have had Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's more name recognition with Larry, which I don't know why you would draft him this late in his career, but there's more name recognition there. But if you, if you watch college football, you knew that Justin Jefferson in that Vikings offense that's replacing Stephon Diggs was going to be a thing at some point. So I'm always in favor of go after those rookies because you could strike gold. If you don't, it's not going to kill your team. It's not your maker. It could make your team. It's not going to break your team. So I'm always in favor of rolling the dice on a rookie that has to be on a good offense, is going to get a chance, and then you, you might, again, strike gold. How about this? Right now on full point PPR Fantasy Football Leagues, three of the top 15 scoring wide receivers are rookies. That's awesome. Jefferson. Jefferson, Claypool, and C.D. Lamb. D.K. Metcalf's in the mix. He's a second-year guy. Calvin Ridley's number one in that. He's a third-year guy, but they're all young. So we didn't get to do a lot of live drafts this year, but usually there's three expressions you love hearing in a live draft. It's, whoa, when someone takes a certain player. It's bust or reach. You know, people are ripping on each other. I'm cool from now on that if someone reach – you know what, I'll say this fully. My dad joined fantasy football three years ago. I'm going to leave with my dad. He is the king of reaching for the rookies. And I can't even rip on him because 
reaching on a rookie, I think, should be accepted going forward because of all the things we just said. Yeah, he might bust, but if that hits, man, that's a season-changing pick. 100% agree. Hopefully you got one of those guys. Hopefully you listened to our first or second episode of the year where we told you Justin Jefferson, the LSU Tiger national champ, was going to be good, and now he looks like he could win you a league or he could be winning you your league right now with how well he's been playing in Minnesota. Parting shots. Anything else you guys want to add as we head into week seven uh, of the fantasy football season, halfway through the year almost? I want to win again. I feel like I know so much and I produce so little. <laughs> <laughs> I should be better than this. What do you got? Yeah. By the way, Kyle, I'll say my parting shot to you. Bring it on, buddy. We're playing in two of the weeks against each other, or two of the leagues. Congratulations. I'm pretty sure, like, a bunch of my players are on by. My team's falling apart. I, <laughs> I started off so strong the first three weeks, and these last two weeks have been a migraine. So, who knows? I just want my Bills to get back on track against the Jets this week. That's all I want. That's it. Don't care. That's Don't it. get back on track. Maybe you should just give up on football. And that's it for this yep. week on What the Fantasy. Enjoy your fantasy football. Hopefully you get some dubs. Give us a follow at what the underscore fantasy. We will see you again next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.